Welcome everyone to Gabby with Babish. My name is John Newman. I'm a big fan of the hit YouTube cooking show, Binging with Babish. And my name is James Nichols, and I'm also a big fan of the internet cooking show, Binging with Babish. Binging with Babish is a YouTube cooking show where Andrew Ray makes the food from film and television. We're going to talk about it. Yes, we are. Episode 212. Bear, bear. 212. We've done it. Jimmy, how are you? I'm furious, John. I'm the angriest I've ever been. Technology has failed me again. James has spent the last 10 minutes trying to figure out how to record something that we've done 212 That's times. That's not true. No, how dare you? You're a liar. <laughs> You're a piece of crap. I've been trying to fucking pair Bluetooth because Bluetooth is the bane of my existence. How are you, Johnny? I'm pretty good. What color teeth would you like the most out of any color of teeth that you can have? The Oh, I would love some neon green teeth. Nice. That's going to be the new technology. Wouldn't that be super fun? Uh, I'm doing pretty well. I don't feel that well, so I just took a COVID test because I went to a concert in a very small space the other night that had tons of people, um, and I don't have COVID according to this test, but I really don't feel great. Oh, that's a bummer. What don't you feel great? Like, what? what is it? I feel what a little fevery, and I have a sore throat. Mm. Yeah. Um, that's okay, but because we're now uh, at my girlfriend's parents' house, and uh, hopefully we won't give anything to them. But you hopefully never know. You guys are, yeah, you guys are harbingers of, of COVID and, yeah, and yeah, doom yeah. for everybody. That'd be cool, for right? For the people you love. That'd be fun. <laughs> um, speaking of people we love, do you want to introduce our guest? Um, I sure do. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Mr. Joe Strick. How small was this uh, venue, Johnny? Did you have a concert in your, in your bathroom? I, I planned. I wrote that actually two weeks ago to say tonight. Ten out of ten, Joe. It was almost <laughs> as good as the one you planned two weeks last week. Uh, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm sorry that you feel bad. I hate to rub it in your face, but I feel fucking great. So. You feel good? Oh, I feel so good. Oh, I can't wait. To, I, I feel uh, fat. I feel fat going into Thanksgiving. Not an awesome feeling. Joey, I'm no. right there with you. I feel I was doing that today. I was eating some pretzels, and I was like, "Man, I feel like death. This is not good. I'm I'm about to enter a week of gluttony, and I I don't know how I could feel worse on the other end, but I will. I definitely will." Uh, yeah. Speaking of Thanksgiving, James, you sent us this. Doesn't speaking of Thanksgiving at all. You sent us a couple Reese's uh, things that you got today. Did you try them yet? Crap, I haven't tried them. Um, should eat I go them, get now them now on air? Eat them, eat them, yeah, eat do them it on, on air. air. Yeah, you go, you go get them, and we'll explain what the shapes are. So, as you know, dear listener, uh, we as a podcast love the Reese's Peanut Butter Cup family of products. James bought two that are Christmas themed. One are bells, and the other one are nutcrackers. One of them looks like a bell, and the other one looks like a nutcracker. And that's Uh, a nutcracker, the the nut cracking implement that looks like a man, not the nutcracker, which is a drink that you can buy when you go down to the beach uh, in New York sometimes. That's right. Yeah, 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 you were probably getting confused between the two. Uh, yeah, this one looks like you know the one you're thinking of. Yeah, it's no, it's the the reference point you have in your head when you think Nutcracker, and not my more regional niche thing. Not the one that he just introduced to you for the very first time. Sure. Do you think that uh, because these are these are seasonal Reese's products we're about to delve into, they've never done like a Reese's turkey, and I feel like there's there's a lane open for that. There's got to be a Reese's turkey. Let me look. Reese's it up. turkey leg. Even. I would love to try Reese's turkey. I'm, uh, I'm pretty disappointed on these uh, on this test here. I'm back. Um, so the I first are the, the bells. bells. I remember these. The You're Reese's not gonna bells. Like them. Um, I'm definitely gonna hate them because they have too much um, chocolate. structural chocolate. 
Yeah, that's what I'm. That's what I'm seeing on my first. Let me see here. Yep. As a podcast, one of the things we loved about like the uh, the pumpkin, the Christmas tree, is not nearly as much structural or chocolate. Structural, you know, you get what I'm trying to say. Structural, structural chocolate. Yeah. So James, tell as us suspected. on first bro- <laughs> first blush. As suspected, way too much structural chocolate. The bell. I'm out of breath because I ran up the stairs. The bell is basically <laughs> just. A Reese's miniature without the little ridges on the outside. That's basically so, what it is. Ratio right. ratio wide, ratio wise, it's similar to a mini. Correct. Too much chocolate. Okay. Good to know. That's my review. Wow. I'm very. I'm. I'm already super pre disappointed because guys, check this out. I know this is. <clears throat> it's an audio medium, but for my two, um, for my co-host and my guest here, I thought that the Nutcrackers were going to be nice and big. Similar to like a Christmas tree oh, no. or a uh, or um, a pumpkin. Yeah. Look at this tiny ass bullshit. Yeah, they're small. It's gonna be the There's same so thing much, again, and it's so thick. It's gonna be the exact same thing. How tall would you say that is? Maybe, maybe, maybe an inch tall. It looks like an army man, like a little yeah. plastic army man. And the verdict? Es verdad. There's so much suspense. Possibly, possibly. Worse than the bell. Wow. Of, wow. In terms of ratio. Should we start over? Should we just scrap this whole recording? This is the most disappointing podcast we've ever this done. This is, listen, the U.S. drew late today and my Reese's stink. I'm having a tough day. This, I gotta be honest. This can't get better. I think we, honestly, I think I feel like the only way out is through. I think we gotta charge along and uh, probably make James eat the whole bag, honestly, as, as a punishment. Yeah, James, eat the whole bag I really while don't Joe see and any I. Other way. But well, Joe and I discuss right. well the World Cup uh, hopes of the United States of America. <laughs> We're recording this on a Monday when the U.S., as James said, just drew. Uh, man, what a bummer to be winning most of the game and playing better most of the game, and then, uh, yeah, not great. And then yeah, draw to those dragon riders in the south of the U.K. Ugh. Yeah, a real bummer. Um, and to our English listeners... Uh, hearing this on Wednesday or possibly Thursday. Um, get fucked, you fucking losers. We're coming for you. We're going to absolutely bury you, and I hope you lose forever. Get all the way fucked. <laughs> We're going to win on Friday. <laughs> There's no yeah. chance. There's yeah, you heard no it chance. here first. We're not going to win. It's not going to happen. I don't think we're going to really, win. Really bad. It's going to be like a football score. Yeah, but, but fuck you. We're going to win. Hey, fuck you. America, baby. And, and if we have any Welsh listeners, hey, uh, good game. Good game yeah, out there. You guys fought pretty hard, and you, you hung in there, and way to go. Good luck with What do you uh, think is more important, guy. though? The fact that England is really, really good, or the fact that we're just better than we've been in a while? Which one's more important? Probably the former. Uh, I think so, too. Yeah. No, no we're, we're, we have pieces. Like, the real fun is probably going to be this squad in four years. But, uh, yeah, right now, too young, too much uh, shit. Too much shit. Too much bad shit. <laughs> Great analysis, Joe. In the, in the New York Times. <laughs> honestly, tomorrow, Joe. honestly, your analysis right there, probably on par, if not better, than what the Fox Sports guys are doing. True, 100%. Yeah. I could do their job in my sleep. It would be so easy. Not to I say think before that, each segment, they're like, hey, should we uh, make sure that no one knows when to talk when and leave lots of awkward gaps? <laughs> <laughs> they, which is not to say that soccer commentating is easy, but the way that uh, that the American team that they've selected does it is true, truly fucking dog shit. 
I could do that. Hey, you played for the team a while ago, and you have no experience. Do you think this will go well? Yeah, we're going to stick you in front of a camera with no other skills applicable. And also, you don't really analyze the game super awesomely. So, uh, yeah, good luck. Good luck, dude. Have fun. Show me your stuff out uh, there. I was watching. Who, it's Landon Donovan, Alexi Lawless, and who's the third? Clint Dempsey. Yeah, Clint Dempsey yesterday uh, after the first game. uh the very first game, the game of the World Cup, the Qatar Ecuador game, there was an offside called early in the game, and it was the correct call. Like they verified it, like they showed it with their new technology. And he goes on afterwards and says, "I know that's technically offsides, but I think we should do tie goes to the runner because I just want to see more goals." It's like, well, you don't deserve to do this job. <laughs> you're hey, you're bad at this, man. And Alexi Lalas stinks. Uh, what remind bad. me why people hate him again? I know that there was a lot of Twitter he's hate just, for him, but I can't remember like what he an did. Arrogant prick. Okay, he's there just wasn't like, like decades, one decades of experience of him just be kind of being an arrogant prick, truly right. being a numb nuts loser. And he's Got from it. near where I'm from, which is very frustrating. Yeah, everyone from where you're from should be good. Yeah, yeah. if you're from where I'm from, be better. Also, we went to Rutgers. What an idiot. Yeah, we hate that. Um, <laughs> all right, so let's talk about food. Did it, we cook anything delicious this week, boys? We sure did. Joe, tell us everything. Your boy made a big fat hunk of pork. <laughs> <laughs> that was <Great>. the recipe. <laughs> no notes. Uh, I did. I mean, it's, it's from Ina Garden. It just says big <laughs> fat hunk of pork. <laughs> That would be a Paula Dean recipe, and we all know it. Rest <laughs> in peace from being yeah, canceled. That's true. Uh, <laughs> is that the proper way to. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's what they... you say to people. You say, oh, rest in peace from being canceled. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. How did they die? Oh, they were canceled for trying to have a, <laughs> trying to have a slavery themed wedding. <laughs> what's, what's the wedding? Ah, oh, oh, shoot. I tried to have a slavery themed yeah. wedding. What are I you guys canceled. doing for the wedding theme? Subjugation? Yeah, that's probably not great. Uh, uh, anyhow, I made Babish's uh, Cubano's recipe. Oh, I didn't realize it was a Babish recipe. Via Chev. Uh, it, I think, I'm starting to think that his cookbook was not fully written based off of the videos. Because in reading the cook, like the recipe itself and then watching the video, there were like some, some things were lost in translation. Certain steps did not like fully make it to the page but all told it's wait you're saying you're saying there were less there's less detail on in the book than there was in the video yeah because so like part of the first cookbook part of yes part of the marinade that you ultimately like put on your pork shoulder is the rye the uh, zest and juice of six limes and three oranges which i did that and then in the liner notes for the recipe it says like six limes uh, juiced rinds reserved and so I had a bowl of rinds sitting there after I had like put my marinated pork back in the fridge for two hours and I'm like what the hell are these when when do the rinds come in it's not mentioned anywhere else in the recipe and then I go watch the video and you, the rinds go into the marinade after being juiced but like that's not conveyed in the book got it interesting so anyway all this to say uh, ultimately like Brined it for 24 hours in, like, a mixture of orange juice and spices and herbs. Marinated for two more hours in that um, orange and lime concoction. Um, And then roasted it for probably three or four hours. 
uh, to, I'm going to be honest, fucking perfection. Absolutely nailed it. Uh, wow. We love it to was hear this. juicy and tender and um, just stupendous. Incredibly tasty. Um, and then I made some bomb-ass uh, Cuban sandwiches with it. And uh, the Cuban sandwiches, the ham, what type of ham do we use? Um, just like super, like deli ham. Got it, from the deli counter. Thin and the bread. deli ham. Yeah, and then Cuban rolls from the same spot. Excellent. Um, not like prop, proper full pan Cubano loaf, but... Proper. Close enough. And then um, just homemade like dill chips for pickles, uh, yellow mustard, and we went with white cheddar cheese, which di- I didn't melt fully, which is on me. Um, but the recipe called for Swiss, which neither of us really wanted. Got it. So you substituted the cheddar for Swiss. Yeah. Still sounds fantastic, and I'm thrilled you had a good experience. Yeah, I'm very happy happy with it, especially because we're not really cooking for Thanksgiving. So got that out of the way ahead of time. How about you guys? Nice. James? Um, I haven't cooked shit. I cooked something last week. I can't remember, but it was before last week's podcast, so I think I made it. I think I mentioned it on last week's podcast. No, I had nothing really super interesting. I'm cooking um, some stuff for Thanksgiving, but we'll talk about that next week or the week after or whatever. And then I saw Dave Matthews Band in concert, so that was fun. Nice. Uh, what did they cook? What did they cook on stage? <laughs> they cooked. Uh, they actually made uh, Cubans as well. They Joe. They used Joe's pork, and um, it was great. And real quick, if they were to make a little cornbread, what would they make it with? <laughs> This is upsetting. I don't know. Do you know they have a song called Cornbread? Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Because I was going to say that they would make it with a little baby. I was going to say they were going to make it with a little bit of heaven. <laughs> and and also, oh yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then they would crash the cornbread into you. Yeah, Jimmy, we saw Cornbread when <laughs> we saw them live together. We did see Cornbread. It's See, here's what's bullshit. Everybody... I know you're not the biggest Dave Matthews Band hitter, but everyone will trash Dave Matthews Band and then will know songs like Cornbread and shit like that and like know these like slightly deeper cuts and it's like, oh, you fucking know this shit. Like you like this shit, you piece of garbage. Did did he make ants on a log go marching? James, back to you. <laughs> Two things say, can simultaneously to... be true. I can like to make fun of your favorite band, and I can like that band. <laughs> okay, that's fair. I will say I meant to send a picture to you because I saw them at Medicine Square Garden. Um, and I remember last year I sent you guys a photo. One of the to, – to highlight how pathetic New York sports have been recently, one of the banners in Medicine Square Garden was Billy Joel's sellout record of 130 concerts. Yeah, right. And I meant to send you a photo because New York has got a uh, – we can celebrate, guys, because New York got a new banner, Harry Styles – 15 straight sellouts. Right, the yeah, yeah. The most yeah. ever. A brand new banner right next to Billy Joel, baby. By the way, did either of you see Don't Worry, Dar- Don't Worry Darling? Yeah, I saw it. What I did you think? It, no. Um, I, I had heard it trashed so much beforehand that I was expecting nothing. So I was actually pleasantly surprised. Um, I thought it was fine. I thought it was an okay movie. I, I, I'm in the similar... They couldn't land the plane, but, like, I was uh, entertained. There's a plane in that movie? Yeah, yes. yeah, there's a lot of planes. There is yeah, actually yeah, yeah. genuinely a plane in that movie. Um, yeah, I thought it was pretty good. I thought, like, I thought visually it was stunning. I thought it was a really fun world they created. So, yeah, overall, I was, like, fine with it. Yeah. 
Nick Kroll was there somewhat inexplicably. He sure was. <laughs> it's funny. We won't ruin the movie, but like, it doesn't make any sense why it's Nick Kroll. And at the end, it totally makes sense why it's Nick Kroll. <laughs> right, exactly. And then all, same for um, the guy who plays Jonah in Veep, for anyone who watched both Veep and Don't Worry Darling. <laughs> yes, this is for everyone. This is a podcast yeah. for the people. Incredibly relatable. Um, I made some, it's the same braised chicken dish that I made a while ago. It's a Kenji recipe where you roast tomatillos and you make like a salsa verde and you uh, braise chicken in it. It was very good. I think I did it a little better the second time. Uh, And I think it'll be a staple dish for me because it's fairly easy, uh, very fun, and I enjoy it a lot. And it makes meals for a couple days. What's the prep on it? Uh, You, under the broiler, do a bunch of tomatillos, some white onions, and then you have a couple cans of chilies, and then you... Th- throw all those in the blender once they're uh, uh, blistered real good, and that makes a, a green salsa. And then you just put it in a big pan with some chicken legs, and you just braise it for a couple hours, and it gets real tender and delicious. That sounds stupendous. Oh, and a bunch of white beans. Like that's what makes the the bulk sure. of the sauce. Uh, braising in general, big fan. Yeah, always delicious. Real uh, time intensive, but uh, not active yeah, I time. So you know, more. I, I'm I'm not versed in braising. Oh, there it's real couple... easy, Jimmy. You're gonna love a braise. Yeah, I'm sure I would. Every every meat I've had that's braised, I've loved, but I've never done it myself. There are a couple. I, I'm I'm not like Julie and Julia ing my way through the Babish cookbook, but there are a few more recipes I want to try. I believe one of them is. Well, I can't remember what it is now, but there were a few things I was looking for for like some braising ideas. We you know, there's write... only one way to braise a pair of uh, conies. <laughs> <laughs> Boil them, mash them, stick them in a stew. That's potatoes. Right. What were we going to say, James? I said we should write a movie called Joe and Andrew, and it's just you going through Babish's cookbook. But <laughs> like the difference is like your life just goes to hell. As you go <laughs> it gets so much worse. <laughs> yeah, it's just Things so get much worse, worse for you. I was gonna yeah, say like everything gets worse as you as you make your way through his cookbook. That's I, very. Funny. I was gonna say we make his first cookbook again, but also that it's worse, and it's called "Binging with Binging with Babish with Babish." And then, and then my... James and I, James and I will do a podcast on it called ba- uh, "Gabbing with Bingy with Bingy with Gab with Babish." <laughs> you, you get it. <laughs> It's like the worst, most longest, like Welsh-looking acronym. Like that's like our our big long universe. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Oh. Uh, anyway, um, I'm gonna be in charge of mashed potatoes this week. I think so. We'll see how that goes. But uh, me too, Johnny. Job. Pre- pretty standard. Are you guys ricing? No, I don't think they have a ricer. I'm not in my home no, kitchen. I don't you know, know what that is. Shut up. Yeah, it, Joe. Ricing your mashed potatoes is pretty bomb i will yeah you need you need another piece of equipment you can't use the word i don't know to explain the thing i don't know joey so james picture rice (laughs) you're turning potatoes into rice no i'm doing mine i'm doing mine in a slow cooker uh well well, well. that's what i'm doing (laughs) i'm gonna do mine in a pot james a ricer is a little contraption that you squeeze food through and it makes it look like rice so you throw the potatoes through and they get little pellets it's right here. Uh, and it, oh, and why mean, would you do that? It means if that you don't have to mix, fucking mash them because you don't have to mix and mash as hard, and it doesn't develop as much gluten, so they stay really tender. They stay really fluffy. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so if you rice them and you just have them in a bowl and you put a ton of butter and cream and you can give them like a pretty light stir and then they're light and fluffy and delicious. It's a very good way to do it. Uh, I'm just not in my home kitchen, the, you know. The other thing, just I mean, 
we can get into what he does in this episode because this is relevant. Uh, but I have some thoughts about what he did in this episode with mashed potatoes. Oh, yeah, that's a great segue. He There's mashed potatoes these, in this very episode, so we'll discuss it. Uh, first off, uh, he makes steak and eggs and mashed potatoes and gravy from Twister. Have we seen the film Twister? Not in a love, long time. Love the film Twister. Twister was a big part of my childhood. Is why? That a big part of my childhood. I'm going to ask everything. again, why? Um, as, as I read in the notes where Babbage said, Twister did more than make me briefly go through a phase of wanting to be a storm chaser. Um, it, the, I was obsessed with tornadoes as a kid. I wanted to be a storm chaser. I wanted to go to the plains I wanted of America and chase around fucking tornadoes and see tornadoes. Seeing a tornado is still on my bucket list. I would love to see one in a way where I'm not in danger, where it's not bearing <laughs> down on my home or and about to hurt my family. Sure. Like in a movie um, about tornadoes? Yeah, so, yes. <laughs> I fucking love this movie it's a underrated 90s banger it's got the cast is outstanding cast is fire it's great it's absolutely it's it's a great movie helen hunt bill paxton carrie elwes alan ruck who is uh now in succession but was cameron from ferris bueller's day off psh yeah dude philly seymour hoff baby Hoffman. it was one of his first roles i think yeah had to have been it's a it's awesome. Have you guys seen it? I have never seen time. it. It's I know oh. that it is I acknowledge wholly that it was like a good time in the nineties, but it's not it, I would it recommend have impression on me. I would recommend it for a rewatch. I think it's worth it. Because it is it's very of its time, but it's still great. Uh Babish brought up in this episode that it's holds a special place for him because it's his first PG thirteen movie, which makes me wonder what y'all's first Let's go PG thirteen or R because I feel like by the time it was for us, like that Ooh, I remember, wasn't I remember, deal. I remember both of them. My first PG thirteen movie well. was Forrest Gump. My first R movie was Braveheart. All right, wow. The first, my first PG thirteen movie was Jurassic Park. My babysitter showed it to me when I was like, I would have been like six or seven by the time it came out on video, and my parents were pissed. They were so pissed at my at my babysitter, and my first R-rated movie was that I saw in theaters was Black Hawk Down. Wow! Black Did you Hawk see Down it because is... because it features heavily a Dave Matthews song in the trailer? Probably subconsciously, I probably did. There <clears throat> had to have been others, but the one that that sticks out in my mind is my first PG thirteen movie was The Color Purple. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> So I was actually just talking about this with some friends recently. I was not allowed to um, watch Power Rangers as a kid because uh, it was too violent. I was allowed to watch The Color Purple before I was 13 uh, against the guidelines of the Motion Picture Association of America. You got to uh, listen to them. <laughs> it left a pretty indelible mark on you, boy, on account of it is emotionally scarring. Um, and your first R? first R movie I feel like was probably uh, it hmm. I, it was definitely the beginning of Saving Private Ryan but I was very f- fragile coming off of both Jaws actually is Jaws R? Um, I, I don't, don't think so no, no I think it's PG I was about yeah, to say yeah, I think like it's only PG iteration of the MPA rating it's 75 before they like you know were like hey we should have more ratings than two <laughs> um 
I can't remember, to be honest with you. It well, all is a blur. Let's that's call okay. It the, we, let's call it the beginning you. of Saving Private Ryan and the beginning of Full Metal Jacket. Same sort of deal. You love Joey loves the beginning of a film. <laughs> <laughs> I love to start a military drama. That's my favorite. Um, yeah, Twister. So the, the thing he makes from it, the first thing he does is he makes gravy because that's what's talked about in the scene. And he spends a lot of time making gravy. He makes a beef stock out of uh, what kind of beef did he use? Do you remember? He used uh, oxtail. He did use oxtail. That's yes. right. And he does it in a pressure cooker, which is how I've made stock in the past. And it works quite well. That sounds about right. Yeah, I'll speeds up the process quite a bit. Uh, I'm a big fan. I enjoy it. I've done it. Uh, it looked delicious. I mean, m- sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, and then he reduces it down. Yeah, it takes a long time, but it looks great what he does. He defatted the stew. Wouldn't mind getting defatted myself, boys. Ah, yeah, yes. I wish you could throw me into a into a fridge overnight and then just scoop the fat off the top. Scrape it off of my gelatin. Yeah. They do have a process for this. <laughs> <laughs> we should, it's a little, Jimmy, little we more should involved. go get lipo. Yeah. Johnny, you want to pay for Joey and I to go get lipo? I do, yeah. very much so. That would be really fun. Ooh, I forgot to mention this. Experience. I forgot to mention this earlier. There's a Black Friday sale already started, uh, and On I Lipo bought. Section? Yeah, that's right. I bought a, a set of cookware today that I'm very excited about. I'll send you nice. photos when it comes in. Uh, I haven't cooked with them yet, so this could have been a terrible purchase, but I'm feeling good about it. I love that for you, and I hope that it goes well. Now, I was going to buy the 13-piece set, but I actually did the math, and the 10-piece set was discounted much more, and then I added two pieces on top of that that I wanted from the 13-piece set, and I saved $150. Woo! Baby! We love a deal. We do love a deal. Johnny Deals over there. Uh, I'm very very excited about it. I want to backtrack briefly to the lipo riff. Uh, You know sometimes when you get lipo that your uh, bowels might release, so you have to wear lipo dipo. Johnny, back to you. Joey, thanks so much for swinging back for that. <laughs> um, okay, so he makes gravy, and then what he makes is mashed potatoes. He makes a pretty standard mashed potato, but Joey, I'd love to hear your qualms with his mashed potato method. Uh, I, I, I don't have any. It was not a oh. qualm so much as well, an observation uh, that I'd like to try because he heats up the butter and cream that he adds, which I can't believe I'd never like thought to do. Usually I'm just adding in, like, you know, half stick of butter or whatever and oh cold like, yeah oh you're just throwing it cold in there yeah and i'm now realizing oh, see, that that's stupid yeah, the directions the directions i have explicitly say add hot milk <laughs> sorry don't know why that's funny yeah uh, it, it is hilarious because it's a weird sentence yeah i um, do know there's multiple ways to go about there's um when you do like a palm puree and there's so much butter in it a lot of right. times they tell you to add it in cold because you're just adding an insane amount of butter and it's like you're emulsifying and with that amount of butter you're not really gonna create you're not gonna get it gluey right. but in this with it's like when it was a little bit more reasonable i think adding it hot is better to not shock the mixture a thousand percent and yeah you're you're reduce like if you're adding in cold butter you're probably folding a lot more and like creating that gluten more than you would like to so like add it in warmed up you're getting all that same flavor without fucking with the texture too much yeah it's not he because he said gluey it's not gluten though right because like no no, the no, reason, no sorry the reason i'm thinking about it is uh my sister's or not my girlfriend's uh brother-in-law has celiac disease and i'm like if i stir too much am i gonna kill him and I don't think that's true. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. You, you don't want to develop uh, a dough out of your potatoes. Necessarily. <laughs> uh, unless you're making potato bread. 
And then go yeah, for no, it, by all means. Potatoes are potatoes are gluten free. Great, perfect. Then we nailed it. Yeah, it just gets gluey if you overwork it. Gluey is the what gist. I mean. uh, and then the next thing he does is he finishes the gravy. He makes a roux, and then he pours in the uh, gravy, and then he adds gravy master, which I actually don't know what that is. I don't know what that is either, and I I kind of let's look up hate gravy master when people do that. Because why like, do you hate that? I want because I want it to be the best. That it can be just by cooking it. Like, I bet you Gravy Master is like hydrodexide or something, like some made up, like, chemical compound that is not natural at all. And it, it bums me out. I'm like, just make the best. Yeah, right. Yeah, it is a, it's a, Gravy Master is a brand. So it's like, it's a seasoning and browning cooking grilling agent. Yeah, let's see here. Uh, it it's has for caramelized sugar, caramel color, yeah. water. Hydrolyzed soy and c corn protein, apple cider vinegar, salt and spices, onion, yeah. celery, parsley, and garlic. Right. So it's an ingredient. Like it's, I mean, it's kind of like a little bit of a cheat. I get what you're saying, but it made it darker. It made it look better on camera. That's it did sure. make it look really freaking good. <laughs> uh, yeah. It it turned into I w what I would argue is like the the mental image of gravy, not like sausage gravy or like southern chunky white gravy, but like thanksgiving ass gravy yeah right. yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, and then the next thing he does is he casually cooks a giant ribeye <laughs> <laughs> very yeah. very like like nonchalantly like a big ribeye is an afterthought in this video true <laughs> yes <laughs> and looked pretty damn good yeah it, it looks like a great ribeye then he makes some eggs and then he puts it all on a plate so we got a steak we got two sunny side up eggs a mountain of mashed potatoes and some gravy and boy oh boy i'm gonna tell you looks pretty great Hey, picture I'm Rick Moranis uh, <clears throat> when I say this. Hey, I'm the gravy master. Are you the state keeper? Ghostbusters. Very good. So I, that was a perfect... I made I made a perfect Rick Moranis face, if not a perfect Rick Moranis voice. And Where I think is that guy? Attest to that. Uh, attending to his dead wife's kids, I think. <laughs> yeah, I think that's right. His wife died, and then he took care of his kids to be this a good dad. This is the best way to refer to his kids as his <laughs> dead wife's kids. Oh uh, yeah, it was delicious. The whole thing looked like a delicious experience. Look, yeah. Rick Moranis' dead episode, wife. I mean. Short too, a shorter ep than we've had in a while. I will say. Yeah, a nice, straightforward, no dough, wonderful. I feel. Awesome I feel like episode. during a lot of episodes, we are like a, a very gross comment section during this time we were all silent and i think just observing some fun cooking i did have one question now that i remember about the thing and this this is uh he made the stock he didn't peel the carrots which i understand but he didn't appear to wash the carrots either correct are people throwing unwashed carrots in their stocks I don't know. He didn't say that specifically. I bet. It, I bet they weren't dirty. I bet he's not putting dirt well, in there. They didn't look. James, how else are you gonna fuck a stock? I got an unwashed just... carrot for you, right here, <laughs> bitch. <laughs> Pointing at Madoc. Boys, boys out there, wash your carrots. Okay? <laughs> yeah, fellas, just make sure you. If if especially if you're not gonna peel your carrots, and for you, you gotta wash your carrots. And for you non-chosens, go ahead and peel your carrots. Uh, you know, <laughs> head on over to the doctor and uh... <laughs> and get right with God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anyway, 
Any other thoughts on this uh, delicious? No, I think it was meal? a solid app. We got we got any emails? Great. We do. We have two. I'd like to go Ooh, back baby. to back with them. I want to preface that the first one is winds up being not real, but it hooked me, and I'd like it to also hook you. Great. Uh, story idea: the overnight success of a life changing seafood brand. So that's the head. That's the headline of this email. Okay. Hello, Gabbing with Babish. They've used our name. <laughs> the harmful effects that the environment has on canned seafood is widely known, yet the industry does very little to address it. We know that rising levels of mercury have been a major issue, but did you know that 95% of recycled plastic ends up in the ocean? New research published by Greenpeace yesterday, and this is now two weeks ago, illustrates that the efforts being made to reduce plastic pollution and clean up oceans may not be what they seem. In 2004, Sean Wittenberg's mother was diagnosed with mercury poisoning after eating, after regularly eating canned tuna. She survived, but the symptoms were severe, enough to prompt Sean to produce a safer, better way to eat these products. He eventually founded Safe Catch, born out of a desire to challenge the standards that seafood brands and the FDA set for themselves, and for what food we put on our plate. Would you be interested in speaking to Sean and learning about recycled plastics in our seas, mercury levels, and his own story? From this guy, Zach, who's a public relations account executive. Uh, All this, is this to say... First, is this our first ad? Yeah, all this to say, do you guys want to pretend that we are Andrew Ray and talk to this guy? <laughs> 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 Which I'm pretty sure is what he's going Let's for. Let's get Zach on the phone! <laughs> this is great. Uh, hey, my... <laughs> hey, Zach. Uh, sorry your dumb mom ate so much fucking tuna. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think we should, and the three of us show up, and we just realize in real time that this is not what they wanted. First off, Zach's mom didn't uh, go insane from eating a bunch of tuna. Sean did, and he hired Zach to talk to us. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. So I Sean, bought Safe Catch tuna before. It tastes way better. It really does. You oh, really? What? It's a brand. What, what makes if, it better? If I'm it's like big. I mean, at least the if 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 you Google Safe Catch tuna, if it's the brand that I'm looking at here. Yeah, uh, it's like huge chunks of tuna, and it actually feels like real fish, as opposed to if you get like a chicken of the sea, and it's it looks like cat food. Sure, I I'm this might just be my own thing. Uh, I because I don't really love um, you don't love a like, tuna to begin with tuna in general, so I prefer just regular old cat food. <laughs> okay, great. I was gonna say, what if your favorite thing about yeah, what if your favorite thing about tuna is that it looks like cat food, and that you just end up mashing it into a uh, salad anyway so yeah. why do i need big chunks i'm just gonna pop know? it into a metal bowl that i lap at myself so yeah well uh, i'll be the one that talks to the kids for this email and i'll pretend to be Andrew. the juice out of the safe catch absolutely cans? okay good okay <laughs> oh, then maybe i'll try it yeah you got to put it in for a tuna teeny um yeah. that was that was the fake email the real email that's a fun one comes to us from our old pal tucker who says Tucker. I'm a man? Isn't Tucker from England? No, Tucker's not from no. England. Tucker, Sorry. Tucker goes to college in the in these United That's States right. of America. Hot Tucker, we should call him. No, 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 dead Tucker. <laughs> uh, he says I'm a masochist? Question mark. I'm beginning to see less and less ROI in corresponding, but here I am again. <laughs> in parentheses, thirty second to get fucked break. Uh, Tucker, I'm actually gonna say that's the smartest thing you've said the whole time you've corresponded. Yeah, now you're getting it. Yeah, no. In fact, <laughs> I take back all the previous fuck yous, and I'm now storing them up for one, you know, sort of spirit bomb of a fuck you down the line. 
I started envisioning what it would look like for James to participate in his, in parentheses, needed dieting service, clutching his own <laughs> face and, and saying stuff you your big face. You dumb with, fat idiot. <laughs> uh, of clutching his own face and saying stuff your face with junk food. Mirror, pre-recorded video, mannequin slash voodoo doll. In my timeline, Thanksgiving is a week away. So tell me, what was your favorite thing and least favorite thing at the table? Also, how were your respective turkeys cooked? My family has switched to infrared outdoor cooker instead of the oven, and it's worked pretty well, like half the time for the same taste. I only eat the dark meat, though. No point in anything else. A juicy piece of white meat has not and will not ever exist. Cheers, Tucker. All right. So a couple things, Tucker. We have uh, subverted your expectations by getting this email before Thanksgiving. (laughs) Yeah. And cannot answer... I mean... I can preemptively answer that I'm not having turkey, so I mean, get fucked, idiot. Uh, right? Boys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, also, I just want to point out that you read two emails today, and it would be yeah. very easy to save this one for next week when it was applicable. Yeah. <laughs> hey guys, let's revisit this next week. All right, great. Um, uh, dark meat forever, Tucker. Sure, uh, absolutely. I'll get, we'll get back to you on on our respective thanksgivings we'll revisit historically it. a stuffing has always been uh, a true delight that i like a lot uh and we'll see what happens this year historically dating back to antiquity w- right when, when the romans would make stovetop stuffing <laughs> i love stuffing the thing about stuffing too is that it's like it truly is the only time i have it is at thanksgiving and i find it to be yeah. a treat. i i i can't uh you can't find the stuff any other time of year go ahead and try no. and find stuffing in march you can't I- impossible yeah, Nay, gross. improbable. Yeah, we'll let you know next week, but uh, happy Thanksgiving to all. Have you ever tried to eat it in, in any other time? It turns to ash in your mouth. <laughs> Guys! Uh, if you like the podcast, please like and subscribe. Give us a subscribe to our reviews. Uh, if you want to follow us for more content, we'll get Gambit on Twitter, we'll get Gambit on Instagram. Uh, if you want to send us your emails, questions, comments, queries, concerns, send us to gavinbabish at gmail.com. Okay, bye. 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 Bye